This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. We sent uh, our chief researcher, Jason uh, Batrill, over to Iraq. We haven't been able to kill this guy yet. Uh, This is his second tour of duty for us, and I don't even know how many tour of duties he has done in the past for the uh, military. But he was in military intelligence uh, and uh, is now one of our chief researchers um, and been a very big help on things like Benghazi, etc., etc., um, he is over in a very, very dangerous section uh, of the world right now where uh, military action is actually hot. Um, and he is searching for a story for us uh, that I think uh, is multifaceted, but a story that none of us have ever heard. And we broke a bit of it yesterday on uh, F- Facebook Live and Jason is back now. It is, what, 4 o'clock in the afternoon over there, Jason? It's 6 o'clock, actually. But oh, it's still about o'clock. like 4 in the morning. Cause okay. um, Jason, you did, have, can you say where you are today and what you've done already? Yeah, so yesterday when you and I spoke, I, uh, I was actually not big on the operational security. I, I, I felt completely safe, and um, it was business as usual. I was walking around. Well, today as I started to talk to some Peshmerga generals and a few other people, I'm kind of doubting that. So apparently when the mobile op uh, was remembered to go down and when it actually went down, ISIS activated many sleeper cells all over northern Iraq, all through Kurdistan. Um, there was a bombing just down the street from where I am at currently, um, which was kind of unheard of before any of this went down for, um, in Erbil, um, which is generally considered very safe. Um, and my camera crew that I had hired out here said that ISIS has specifically targeted media. And they're, they've gotten so many people that are embedded within these cities that, and again, this is considered a safe place. I can take very much, a lot of pride in weeding out and trying to make sure that these jihadists don't get up here. But there's so many of them that they're releasing uh, addresses to where the media people live, cameramen, producers, everything. And um, they're threatening them by calling them, sending them texts, and then sending, sending them messages over Facebook, Twitter. Um, it's a very dangerous place now, so um, I'm kind of taking this a little bit more seriously as far as not going out you, at night and uh, being careful. Um, are you? It's funny because l- l- yesterday we were talking about, because I was just there um, a year ago, and it was a very dangerous place. Um, and yesterday yeah. you were telling me that some tourists or some Iraqis invited you to a pajama party. You said it was like being in New York City. It was completely different. Um, but now yeah. you sense uh, the danger. Are, has our camera crew left us, or are they still going to go through with it? Oh, no, they're still going through with it. I have I found one of the most amazing uh, men that I've met in my entire life. Um, he now considers me family. I consider him family. Um, he is a Muslim man that I, I hope to maybe, I think I'm going to do something with a special on him just to 
introduce the audience to him because it's it's very hard to understand how how people in Northern Iraq heard in general how they view religion. Um, but he's a very uh, kind soul, and yeah, he would he would follow me to to the end and back. So yeah, he's staying with me, and um, we're going to get him some pretty heavy stuff starting tomorrow. Okay, um, don't give me any more information um, other than can you can you talk about. Uh, what we discussed yesterday about the Shia and the Sunnis and the Christians without giving locations. So, yes. um, So I won't say where, but um, in one of these spots where um, ISIS has done its worst work um, here in Iraq, um, where they oppress the people the most. I, uh, we were going to this area and we were setting up, um, getting permissions with the army and et cetera, to try and get, um, to try and get over there and set up logistics. And um, I was like, you know what, it, it's great, and you know, I, I want to speak to the government officials and the Army generals and all that stuff and get there. So I was like, I don't want to concentrate on that, because that's what everyone does. I said, let's go to people and actually talk to the people and, and get their personal stories. And uh, he goes, yeah, that's great. And he just kind of made a joke about, you know, it's easy, because they all have, um, every single one of their doors has a label on them. And I go, what do you mean every single door has a label on them? I was like, you mean like the Nazarene symbol that, you know, we talked about? And he goes, yeah, well, that's, that's part of the story. And I go, well, that's part of it? And he goes, yeah, well, ISIS. And when you hear this, just think about what the Nazis did, you know, back in World War II. How, I, I mean, I remember, I think I heard this first from you, when the Nazis not only, you know, put, you know, stars on Jews, but they also labeled Christian. They labeled, you know, homosexual. They, they put labels on everyone. ISIS is doing the exact same thing. I'd never heard this before. But they're not only um, labeling Christians. They're putting symbols on... Shiite uh, houses. They're putting symbols on Sufi um, houses. They're putting symbols on uh, Sunni Muslims that aren't as hardcore as they are, that don't believe in Sharia law. There is a symbol for every single one of these people that don't toe their line. Um, this can you can you make sure you get pictures? Open. Can you make sure you get pictures of all those symbols for us? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Um, so, so what's so happening to the people? So what, what, what this is doing to the people is it has galvanized them and has brought them together like never before. All of a sudden, they're like, wait a minute, you know, we have a common, you know, we're, we're, we're unlikely allies. We never saw each other as allies before, but we now see something, something that has, um, is, is something, we have now have something in common, something that we didn't have in common, and that is facing evil and helping each other out so that we can combat that evil, so that we can, you know, um, find a way through this together. Now, think about where we're talking about here. This is the Middle East where sectarian divisions are very easily stoked. I mean, you barely have to do anything, and you can turn one sectarian group against the other. Now, all of these groups have been at each other's throats for the longest of times, but now they're all working together. You have Shiites that are protecting Sunnis and helping them while, you know, providing security while they open up their shops so they can provide, you know, um, money for their families. You have the same groups. Shiite and all the others that are protecting Christians so that they can open up their shops and they can provide money for their families. This is unprecedented for this part of the world. Completely unprecedented. Jason, how, um, how much danger are those people in and are they fighting back against ISIS? Oh, they're, I, I, yeah, I can't overstate that they're, they're in grave danger at this moment. Some of the areas are starting to be liberated. Um, it's a slow process, but many of these areas 
Um, they're actually uh, they're actually bringing the civilians from the liberated areas. ISIS is doing this and pulling them in, pulling them back as they retreat. They're doing that to um, to cover themselves. So, so they're, they're providing they're making themselves human shields. Now, from what I've been told, that's not really stopping them. They're yes, they're they're pulling back. Otherwise, they'll be killed. If not, but they're still banding together and still trying to protect each other. And they're going, when, you know, basically block by block, street by street, as they go back and basically, you know, as they're being these human shields. When you say that um, these areas are the worst of the worst, are these the areas where heads were on pikes? This is exactly that area. Yes. Uh, make sure you get some interviews with some families and some people that can tell us what it's like to walk down the street and see heads on pikes and what that did to the children and what that did to the families. And, and you know, God forbid yeah. you saw somebody you knew with your head on the pike. Yeah, those are the people that, those are the, the first people that we're going to, well, I, well as you first have, when you go into these situations, you always have to go kind of pay homage um, to the uh, local military commander. But I'm not going to spend hardly any time doing that at all. We're going straight to the families. Uh, I want everyone to see firsthand what it was like to personally go through this experience. What was it like when they first came in and started subjugating you? What, what was it like when they started separating you guys off and labeling you, branding you um, under, these different, um, under, the, under these different tags? You know, when did you guys first decide, look, we have to come together. You know, I, I know that, you know, you go to that church and I go to this mosque and we've never protected each other and looked after each other, and you know, ever. But now I kind of see where we were wrong. What was it like when you first thought of that? I mean, it, it, it's going to be an amazing, amazing story. I can't wait to tell it. We tell one more story um, without giving any details. Um, um, we know that ISIS dug tunnels under all of these areas. And when we were thinking, because in one area, Jason has to go through some of these old ISIS tunnels, and he's going to film the whole thing and bring it back. But um, he has to go through these tunnels uh, to get to certain areas. We found out yesterday, they're not tunnels like we think of in Hogan's Heroes. You want to explain the tunnels that ISIS has built? Yeah, you think about, I was thinking the same thing. When you think about tunnels, I was thinking about like old Vietnam War movies, you know, where they're low-crawling into these things and you have to duck to get through them. Through them. No, when I was talking to the, the man that was fixing this up for me, he said, um, he goes, yeah, we have to, to get the, the spot that we're going to end up going to in this city. Um, we're going to have to drive through this tunnel. And I go, well, did you just say drive through the tunnel? And he goes, yeah, drive through the tunnel. And I was like, how big is this tunnel? And he goes, well, just so you, you know, to, to get you know, a picture, picture of this in your mind, ISIS, when they were moving armored troop carriers and tanks and, and all those types of vehicles, they weren't doing it on top of land because if they drove them over the land, they found out that the coalition would instantly take them out. So they had to figure out a way to dig and support, give a support structure to combat vehicles, trucks, cars, everything. So there's basically an underground highway, if you want to call it like that, for ISIS, that kind of branches out all over Syria and Iraq. A lot of these tunnels, actually, some of them actually existed before during the Iran-Iraq War that the uh, Ba'athist regime, uh, Saddam's Ba'athist regime, uh, dug. So many of these, and, and many of ISIS commanders, they, they also fought for. They were in the uh, Iraqi army before. They knew exactly where these were. They 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 used some of the uh, same ones. They perfected them, and they dug their own. But 
I mean, it, it's kind of, it, it, it's really nerve-wracking when you think about it, because a lot of the times when um, the Army now is getting ambushed, it'll come out of nowhere. They, they, don't, they didn't even knew, know where some of these tunnels, you know, where they lead to or where they, where they end up at. But all of a sudden, they'll have tanks, vehicles, and troops coming from some random direction, and, oh, they, you know, they missed another tunnel. But one of these tunnels has been liberated, and we're actually going to take that tunnel. We're going to try through that tunnel and then pop up in a certain area that um, I can tell you guys about in a couple of days from now. Um, okay. And that's where we're going to link up with Special Forces. Jason, thank you very much as you head towards the U.S. Special Forces. Um, please stay safe. Wish them the best for us. Tell them that uh, we pray for them as families uh, all across America every single night, and we ask for God's protection on them and on you. Thank you so much, Jason. Thanks, Glenn. We'll do. You bet. Um, you'll be able to follow this story at glenbeck.com. You'll be able to see um, I'm checking in with him on Facebook Live uh, during the day when he has updates. Um, and then we'll, we'll produce a story that you will be able to see when he gets back. But some pretty amazing things. And um, the reason why it was important to go over there is, uh, A, the people that we have moved to safety, some of them are moving back now. And they're moving back because they have hope that they can fight for their own home and actually come together and transform um, Iraq. This is a, a very big deal. If the Sunnis and the Shias and the Christians in Iraq can start to come together, I can't imagine why we can't. Their, their culture says they have nothing in common. In fact, in some of their cultures, you are literally nothing and an enemy. Um, we don't have that in our culture. They do, and they have found they need each other. I hope we find that uh, soon as well. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 